start this morning with song number 578. 578, we will sing the last verse slower. We will glorify for the Lord's Supper, we will sing song number 176.
Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we become, come before you at this time thanking thee for your Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins. We pray, Heavenly Father, as we partake of this bread that represents his body, we will do so in a manner that is acceptable in thy sight. Forgive us for our sins. For these things we ask it in Jesus' name, and amen. We've now come to the part of our worship service called the Lord's Supper. We partake of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week based on Acts chapter 20, verse 7. As we partake of the bread, we remind ourselves of the body that was sacrificed by Jesus on Calvary. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2 that Jesus bore our sins in his body on the cross. The Apostle Paul, in writing to the church at Corinth, said that as often as we eat this bread, we show forth the Lord's death until he come again. So every first day of the week, we remind ourselves of the tremendous sacrifice made on our behalf. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for letting us gather here today and to take part, Father. And just please help us to take this through the vine in a very worthy manner, remembering what it represents. In your Son's name we pray. Amen. Amen.
The fruit of the vine symbolizes the blood that was shed by Jesus on Calvary for our sins. The Bible says that we were redeemed not by corruptible things, but rather by the precious blood of Jesus. Again, Paul, in writing to the church at Corinth, said, As often as you drink this cup, you show forth the Lord's death until he comes. How grateful we are that Jesus shed his blood in death. The Hebrew writer said, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So every first day of the week, we as God's people have the opportunity to bring to memory the sacrificial blood of Jesus for us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 2, we see the New Testament pattern for upon the first day of the week, let us lay aside and store. And at this convenient time, we, uh, we intend to do that. Let us pray together. Our loving God and our Father in heaven, we thank you that we live in a country where there are so many opportunities for employment. We thank you, Father, that there's so many opportunities to, to work, to provide for our families. And we ask, Father, that as we uh, give back to you, let us consider the great blessings that have been bestowed upon us. 
We thank you, God, that we've been allowed to use uh, your funds, and we pray, Father, that we'll give a back a portion of what is already yours. We pray, Father, that we'll give it back to you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Another aspect of our worship each first day of the week is the giving of our means. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, Paul commands us to lay by in store every first day of the week. It is a free will offering. We do so gratefully in light of all of the blessings that God has bestowed on us. I think about what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, when he said, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And so as we lay by in store each first day of the week, we do so in light of what Paul would write in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 at verse 7. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. This morning's scripture will be read from Psalms chapter 46, verse 1. Again, that's Psalms chapter 46, verse 1. It reads, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. next song this morning is going to be song number 189 189 would you please stand before this uh before the sermon and for this song also if you'd like to mark it on your hymnals the invitation song will be song number 763 763 
Good morning. We are glad that you're here today. I'm very thankful for your presence this morning. Always grateful for the opportunity to be together on Sunday morning. I'm very thankful for those of you who are visiting. As always, we invite you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you might have. We're going to be looking today at Psalm 46, and if you haven't noticed, I made a change in our lesson today. I had initially planned to present a lesson based on 1 John, and as many of you know, this has been probably one of the more difficult weeks that we as a church family have faced in, well, a long, long time. And there are times when I think because of circumstances and occasions, we need to think about the fact that there is a refuge for us in times of trouble. I have struggled the last few days, as many of you have. The last 24 hours or so, I have been turning over in my mind what I might say today. And before I stepped into this pulpit, I was still struggling. I'm not sure what I can say or what I should say that will help us. I have a text that I want to read for us. I know that at best life is hard, isn't it? And there are times in life when we all struggle. And we ask a lot of questions. And there are many occasions when we don't have a lot of answers. But one thing we know for certain, and that is that God is a refuge. As the psalmist said, not just a refuge, but a source of strength, a very present help in trouble. In our study today, I want us to think for a few minutes about the fact that we do have a refuge in times of trouble. And I want to say today that There are times in life when we as a family of believers, we're happy, we're joyful, and we experience those joys together. But then there are occasions when things aren't so good and times are tough. And I think it's occasions like that that we need one another more than ever. Paul wrote many, many years ago that we are to rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. And so as I think about those words, I remind myself that as a body of believers, we're family. And we're here for one another in good times and bad times. And you really don't know much about your character until you face some tough times. Helps you to identify who you are in many respects. And so for the next few minutes, I want to direct your attention to Psalm 46. And I want to begin by talking about First and foremost, that we have a refuge in trouble. And I think that's very important. To realize that come what may, we have a refuge in times of trouble. So let me just read for you what the psalmist said many, many years ago. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Now, many people ask from time to time, why do we have all these troubles in life? 
And there is no stock answer for that question. Ultimately, all of our troubles and trials and tribulations in life go back to one single source, that would be the Garden of Eden, when sin made its inception into the world. But we all struggle and we all face trials and tribulations and difficulties in life. And throughout the course of this year, many of us have faced some tough times. And we understand that tough times are a part of life. So the question is not, are we going to have tough times? The real question is, how are we going to get through tough times? And I think what the psalmist is saying here is that we have a refuge. We have a source of strength in times of trouble. He goes on to say we have a very present help in times of trouble. And you think about the fact that there is a God in heaven who is willing to serve as that source of strength and help as we speak today. And that ought to be a source of comfort and encouragement to us. You go back in history and you look at the numbers, the countless numbers of people that have faced difficulties and trials and there would be no way that we could enumerate all. But I think about that great man Job in the long ago. And you remember after Job had experienced horrific losses in his life, he said, that which, that which I feared the most has happened to me. That which I dreaded has come upon me. He said, I'm not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, for trouble comes. Many of us can sympathize with the words of Job. We understand. We take those words to heart. There are circumstances in life that no doubt bring us tremendous grief and hurt. And so Job is a man that reminds us that we live in a world that is imperfect. Do you remember what he said in chapter 14, verse 1? Man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Now, in light of that statement, listen again to what the psalmist said. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And so, to just step back and to reflect upon the fact that there is a God who is a refuge for us in times of difficulty. I want us to think in the second place for a minute or two about our resolve in trouble. When we face difficult times in life, the question is, how are we going to react? Will the difficulties that we face in this life, will we allow those things to break us? Is it possible, on the other hand, that we allow the difficulties and trials and circumstances that are adverse, will we allow those things to help make us a better person, a better servant, a person of greater faith? Is it possible that we can learn something from the difficulties that we face in life? I would hope and pray that we can all learn. Sadly, sometimes we fail to learn some of life's greatest lessons. And so, what about this resolve in times of trouble? And we talk about having an iron wheel and bearing up with the strength of Samson. So what about this resolve, this sense of resolve? I would suggest first and foremost that we need to resolve. Come what may, we must resolve to trust God. To always trust God. And when I think about trusting God, I'm reminded that faith must always triumph over fear. Listen again to what the psalmist said in Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. 
Therefore, in light of this fact, in light of the fact that God is our refuge, that he is our strength, that he is this ever-present help in times of trouble, the psalmist said, we will not fear. We will not bow to fear. So faith over fear. To resolve to trust God. Do you remember Solomon many, many years ago said in Proverbs chapter 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not under your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. I mentioned Job a moment ago and the difficulties that Job faced in his life. And you remember Job in chapter 13 made a statement that for many of us, difficult to comprehend and wrap our mind around. Job had lost that which was extremely valuable to him. He lost his children, his wealth, his health, the support of his wife, the friends that came to comfort and encourage him began to raise questions as to why the difficulties he was facing had come upon him. Their reasoning process was skewed. So here's Job in the midst of all of this turmoil, and here's what he said, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. To learn to trust God, come what may. Sometimes easier said than done, isn't it? but to learn to trust in God. And then I think there's a second thing that I would encourage us to do. First, to resolve to trust God, but secondly, to resolve to turn to God. To recognize that God has the ability to bear our burdens and our troubles in this life. There are a couple of things here. The first would be that prayer is the prescription for the pains that we bear in this life. Would you agree with that? That there are times in this life when what we need to do is to humbly turn to God and to lay before Him all of our hurts and heartaches and trials and tribulations. A passage that I don't know how many times I've quoted it. I don't know how many times I've read it. I don't know how many times that I've used it in this pulpit. But it is a go-to passage in my life and from my vantage point. It's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. Specifically, verse 16 When the writer said, therefore let us draw boldly unto the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, there are times in life when what we need more than anything is mercy and grace, isn't it? And as you think about the definition of grace, I like the definition, someone doing for you what you can't do for yourself. And from my perspective, there are times when my limitations are enormous. But but to recognize that there is a God in heaven who has the ability to help me when I need help, that's a great comfort. And so to recognize that prayer is the prescription for troublesome times in this life, It is the antidote for anxiety, isn't it? I mean, you think about Paul in Philippians chapter 4 when he said, And nothing be anxious but in everything, with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. Then he tags it with this assurance. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Another passage that I would consider to be a go-to passage. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. 
When Peter said, you cast all your cares on me or on him. And the reason he said is because he cares for you. Look, there are times in life when, quite frankly, we need God's help, don't we? And we need God to carry the burdens and the cares and the anxieties and the hurts that we face in this life. As I said a moment ago, when one hurts, we all hurt. And so to think that there's a God in heaven who is acutely aware of what we experience in this life. And that there's a God in heaven who understands our struggles, who sees our tears, who knows what we feel in this life. And to know that He is there for us. There's a third thing I want to share with you in our study today. We talk about God being a refuge in trouble. Our resolve in trouble. But then thirdly, there's some reminders in times of trouble. The first thing that I want to call attention to is to remember the power of God. Remember the power of God. I want you to listen, if you would, to what the psalmist says, again, beginning in verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He said, therefore, we will not fear. Now listen to what he has to say. Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, Though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. You listen to these words and you think about the psalmist here looking at life. And literally what he says is, the world has been turned upside down. Life is out of balance. Things are not going as expected or as, it, or as planned. And he says, in light of all of that, there's one thing that stands certain. That is, God is in absolute control. You remember the psalmist said in Psalm 99 verse 1 many years ago, the Lord reigns. Our lives may be out of kilter. Things may move in a direction that is in many respects foreign to us. There may be things that happen to us that leave us bewildered and troubled, but to understand that God is still on His throne. He is still in absolute control. And to know that He will always be in control. And then to remember the peace of God. Listen to what He says. Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, and though its waters roar and be troubled, and though the mountains shake with its swelling. He said, there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. He said, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. He said, the nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted, reminding us again of the power of God And the peace of God. Let me just pause here for a minute. You know, when we face trouble and difficulty in life, and when the burdens that we're bearing seem insurmountable, to know that we can find peace, the peace that passes all understanding. The only source of that peace is God. And to know that despite our fears and apprehensions and difficulties, whatever it may be, that there is a God who can supply us with perfect peace. After all, Jesus is identified as the Prince of Peace, isn't he? And he affords us spiritual peace. But is it not the case that when our lives are troubled, we can expect peace as well? And then there would be a third and final thing I would remind us of. 
by way of remembrance. And that is to remember the presence of God. I want you to listen to what the psalmist said. Listen to him in verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Listen to him in verse 11. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Did you know that wherever you go in this life, whatever circumstance you, might, you may find yourself in, however far removed you may be from tranquility and serenity in your life, you need to understand something, and that is that God will always be by your side. Always. You remember the Hebrew writer in Hebrews chapter 13 when he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what God said. That's a promise, isn't it? And so to know that the Lord will be with us, come what may. I remember when Joseph was separated from his family. You remember his brothers had sold him out? If you read Genesis chapter 39 three times in that context, here's what the Bible has to say about Joseph. The Lord was with him. Separated from family, from friends, the home that he loved, and yet the Lord was with him. So when we face tough times, when we go through difficult times in life, I would remind us to remember the presence of the Lord. I want to close by reading this verse, verse 10. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among, among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You know, sometimes when life seems to be running at about 100 miles an hour, and we're filled with anxieties and troubles and trials and the burdens are great. Sometimes it's difficult for us to make rational decisions. Sometimes it's difficult for us to look at things with the right perspective. And I think what the psalmist is saying is what we ought to do, what we need to do is step back. Take a deep breath. And to reflect upon God, to be still, and to know that God is still on His throne, still in control, He's still governing the affairs of this world, and that He'll be with us, and that He'll be exalted, not just among the nations, but in the earth. Pray with me. Our Father in heaven, we are thankful for passages like Psalm 46 that evoke words of comfort to us as your people. And Father, we pray that you would bless every family here today and every family associated with this congregation. Bless those who are hurting and suffering. Bless those whose tears have flowed freely. To those who have been inconsolable, we ask your richest blessings and comfort. And Father, may we resolve to trust you and to look to you for a refuge in times of trouble. Come what may. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This morning, if you're here and you're not a Christian, I want to take this opportunity to encourage you to come to Christ, to believe that Jesus is who He claimed to be, the Son of God. If you believe Him to be the Son of God and you would willingly repent of your sins and confess His name, be baptized into Him for the remission of your sins, then He'll put you in the church. 
And you can read about that in Acts chapter 2, verses 38 through 47. It's in that sphere that you'll enjoy all spiritual blessings, Ephesians 1, 3. You'll enjoy the quality of life defined as eternal, 1 John 2, verse 25. And then just live a faithful life. The assurance that one day heaven will be your home. If you're here today and you're not what you ought to be, you need the prayers of the church, it might be that you're here today and you're hurting. And you just want the prayers of the church family, we'd be happy to pray with you and for you today as we stand and sing for your encouragement. We thank you, Father, for this Lord's Day. We're thankful for the time that we can come together here to worship thee and call thee our Father. We ask you, Father, to be with all of those who work together here at Otter Branch. Can you continue to bless us as you see our needs? Be with us as we leave this place. May we always keep you in our minds. 
and our sins we ask forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, Mike Hickson here. Thank you so much for watching our worship service today. We're so glad that you took time out of your schedule to be a part of our service today. We'd love to invite you to come and be a part of our worship services every Sunday. We'd love to have you on Wednesday night as well. If you have a question or a comment, please feel free to contact us. Hope to see you right back here again next week. Until then, God bless. Hi, Mike Hickson here. Thank you so much for watching our worship service today. We're so glad that you took time out of your schedule to be a part of our service today. We'd love to invite you to come and be a part of our worship services every Sunday. We'd love to have you on Wednesday night as well. If you have a question or a comment, please feel free to contact us. Hope to see you right back here again next week. Until then, God bless.